The Amazon jungle is home to a wide variety of animals, both fast and slow, with one of the slowest being the brown-throated three-toed sloth. But with so many fierce predators on the jungle floor, it helps to spend all your time just hanging out in the trees. The only problem is, there aren't a lot of good things to eat way high up in the trees. So, to stay healthy and stay slow, the sloth has some unorthodox ways of getting his vitamins here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song here. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. It's pretty great. Check it out if you want to see it. You can uh, follow us on Twitter or Facebook at LT Taxonomy or visit us at LTTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about the slowest mammal in the world. Oh, I but took more your, on that later. I took your joke, didn't I? That could be the theme of the episode. I hope it's not. <laughs> it's gonna be an hour it's gonna be the Snyder cut of, <laughs> of LDT. Is episodes. that what the Snyder cut is? They just slowed it. They just put more, uh, more slow, slow motion. motion to pad out the runtime. It's a hundred percent slow. Motion. The Snyder Cut is. It's just a regular movie, but just now even the dialogue is slowed down. You could cut a half hour out of the non-action slow motion scenes. Can you really? Maybe, but if you cut down on the slow motion, that doesn't add to the to the plot. You could cut down a good amount of stuff. But how would you know that it, Zack Snyder directed it if it's not in slow motion? I'm saying if you kept slow motion in, in the action scenes where it makes sense and where it like really shows you what's happening and feels cool. Uh, there's a scene where you can, you can see uh, Aquaman in slow motion walk down a pier, take his shirt off, and get hit with a giant wave. And it takes like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the longest point break. Uh, not point break. It's the surfing movie. That's a surfing movie. I've never seen it. Yeah. I thought that was a prison. What are we talking about? What animal are we talking about? We're talking about the three-toed sloth, specifically the brown-throated three-toed sloth. Yes. Yes. I like sloths. Do they you? Look they look weird in in a in a in a good way but anyway brown-toed three-toed sloth brown-throated three-toed sloth i didn't realize how difficult that would be to say quickly oh, that's a that's a long and apparently difficult thing to say so we're going to call it here the smug slow rider <laughs> i used to think it was smug too but that was before i realized it was head empty no thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the face of someone who's just not thinking about anything yeah but i also think it's the face of um someone who is watching uh 
someone fall fall into a prank trap that they set. You know, it's just looking down on us in our fast-paced American lifestyles, and it's just like, you know, you got to slow down, man. You got to really enjoy life. And then you'll smile, like me, all the time. <laughs> but we're also going to call it, so the Smug Slow Rider. Um, I've looked at the lyrics to the song Slow Ride, and goodness, it is not a good song. <laughs> I was like, because, I've, I've, you know, every... You, Everyone's heard the song. It was like, slow ride. And I was like, I wonder what that song's about. It's definitely about driving in the car with the family on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. It's <laughs> it's basically the movie Are We There Yet with Ice Cube. But we're all... <laughs> so I decided to go with Slow Rider because all, all my friends know the Slow Rider. No, that one's probably about actually having a low rider. Yeah, that one's probably about just having a car. So that's great. Um, we're also going to call... It here, uh, David Lee Sloth. I was expecting hmm. more of a reaction. I don't David. know who David Lee Roth is. Oh, he's the uh, lead singer for Van Halen. Gotcha. Definitely <laughs> more high octane than a sloth. Yes, yes. It's it's ironic. I uh, Brian called it uh, Eli Sloth, and apparently, e- so I looked up Eli Roth is a um, is a horror movie director. So that's why I didn't initially. Uh, know who it is no, I didn't know it but so then I was like oh but David Lee has a last name that's Roth he, he probably has a sloth IRA uh, I was just thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> do you want your IRA to be very traditional or just super slow <laughs> <laughs> the compound interest is, is like point it it Basically, a, a a sloth IRA is just is just keeping your money in a bank account. Yeah, <laughs> at point zero seven interest. Um, and then also the last one is of course, Sid, Sid the sloth. And nobody Fair. cares about Sid the sloth. That should have been good. a lot slower in that. Uh, although I wonder the giant sloths that used to be in America. If they were also really slow or if they were faster. But Sid is not a no giant sloth. So he should probably be kind of slow, but I guess they're just like he's it's not he's not gonna be very interesting if he moves this slow, so <laughs> he's gonna be actually one of the faster characters that can also snowboard. Would you like to know what science has to call it? Yes. It's in the kingdom you know, love and live within the Kingdom Animalia. I knew it. It's in the Phylum Chordata. It's in the class Mammalia. It's in the order of Pilosa. Perfect. Exactly where it belongs. Because <laughs> <laughs> it needs a pillow. Because it's, it's so sleepy. It is sleeps a lot, yes. Uh, it's in the family Brady Podidae. Sure, yeah. It's uh, it's just the the, the feet of the quarterback for the Patriots every day Brady feet every day and it's in the genus Brady Bunch <laughs> just kidding it's worse Brady Puss Ugh. <laughs> when, when Tom Brady skins his knee he and doesn't it, take care of it yeah and it gets way. infected you doesn't get, get that Bactine or Neosporin and Brady Puss Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the species Brady Pus Variegatus. Very, variegatus? 
Variegatus. There's a little E in there. Bradypus Variegatus. So, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for... Cue the music. Critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. That question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the collective noun? Or what is the term of venery? It's all the same. If you saw a group of sloths together, there is one for sloths. Hang out. Would you say it's A, an axis of sloths? B, a bed of slots. C, a consternation of slots. Or D, a dent of slots. A, B, consternation. C, An axis would be the most ironic name because it's like, you really think a sloth is going to get together with its friends and, you know, rotate? Withstand the. <laughs> withstand the like evil forces of the world <laughs> it did go right up again no they are an axis they are the axis powers oh the a- oh yeah i'm thinking i was thinking the allies they you think they're gonna take over the world aren't and, and gonna the, try to and the axis powers were led by germany which was famous for its blitzkrieg <laughs> yeah i don't know if you know that's the fast what... moving lightning war that's definitely i don't, I don't think uh Sloths are Axis material. <laughs> they were interviewed to be a part of the team, um, but unfortunately, but they had no idea what they had signed up for. Yeah, they were they were woefully un- unprepared for uh, Mussolini's, uh, you know, little uh, test battery that he had prepared. They couldn't answer the questions in time, and he had to do some uh, dramatic Italian gesturing, and they couldn't keep up. Yeah, they thought Axis was a new uh, mail order uh, foam mattress. Yeah, because for their order, the order of Pelosa, Pelosa. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought, this was the new cube pillow. <laughs> um, I bed seem like uh, when I get up at early in the morning bed is calling to me but it seems a little on the nose consternation also sounds like something you would think sounds like a term of venery what was the final one dent harvey dent dent is just completely left field no rhyme or reason to that one it definitely doesn't rhyme with sloth i'll give you that a dent of sloths? It's a dent. Final answer. Uh, incorrect. Okay. You should have listened to your heart. It's a bed? It's a bed. It's a That's bed fair. of sloths. I thought it was a dent because of a fact we're going to learn later. Trying to follow you on that one, but maybe I'll. It'll the light bulb will turn on as you go into what it looks like. Uh, it won't come that quickly, but here we go. Here's the description. Sloths have long arms compared to their shorter legs. They also have round heads and faces with thick necks. Mm. They're not a no-neck chump, but they are a thick-neck people. Um, Stiff-neck people. (laughs) Their tails are short, like a little bear's, but they're only like three inches long. Uh, they have a moderate. They have moderately long fur. Kind of reminds me of like an, the way the fur hangs off of an orangutan, but maybe not as like 
long and wispy. It, it appears coarse. I've never touched a sloth before. And if, if all goes well, you may not have to. I'm sure you could. It seems easy to do. Um, <laughs> Especially if it, you live where they live. But if you look look at it, it looks coarse. Like sand. Yeah, it doesn't look comfy. It doesn't look like a, a huggable teddy bear. It's coarse fur. and rough and gets everywhere. Yeah. But it's, it's fur That's is sand. brown, gray, and beige. Uh, and their faces are a lighter color with dark brown like a dark brown eye mask. Like a raccoon. Like, yeah, kind of like a raccoon. Or a panda. They're they're just slow tree pandas. Slow tree pandas, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls they right would. off the tongue. Uh, but that brings us to its relative size. So welcome to the uh, Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio yourself saying, singing your chitterings. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do have a new measure up intro this week from our friend Joy. Nice. This one is one of the ones that goes above and beyond. Are you ready? I'm, I cannot wait a single second. With, so do it. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. rocking breathtaking it it even has a little bit of reverb yeah that's quite a run that's a run a sloth could never do (laughs) (laughs) on foot or vocally that yeah that that needs like just a a a distortion guitar chord right at right at the end (laughs) i wonder how it's gonna mix with the jazz intro maybe it'll go well (laughs) Maybe you should do. Maybe we should uh, record a rock version of of the <laughs> intro. It's like okay, we're gonna go from something that sounds like you're about to watch Frasier to so you're about to watch Malcolm in the Middle. If somebody wants to do that for us, uh, we we'd very much appreciate it. That would be great. Uh, but let's get right into it. Thank you, Joy. Thank yes. you for also ri- uh, rounding up all of the past few weeks measure ups. Yes, it's been awesome to have measure ups, and not we have, uh, have have to guess an animal. <laughs> we have one more in the chamber, but then after that, we are fresh out. So send in your measure ups, please do. So let's talk about length, body length to be precise. There's not a huge amount of size sexual dimorphism between males and females. Uh, they're pretty much the same size. 42 to 80 centimeters, also known in American as 17 to 31 inches. Okay, so how just, many? Just under a yard. Not just. How but. many sloths go into the longest ever verifiable home run? How is this related? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the longest ever home run was hit by Joey Mayer of. The Denver Zephyrs. That's that's right. The longest verifiable home run isn't even a major league team member uh, at the time. I don't know what what his career has gone on to be since. 
but he it's a minor league team. There have been other hmm. mythical hits in baseball history, including an astronomical hit by Mickey Mantle, but uh, those are unconfirmed. But some baseball lore masters may still consider Mantle the goat. Mickey Mantle's mythic monst- monstrosity. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. This would help if I knew the size of baseball stadiums. I imagine the best, the, the longest home run would go out of the park. That's what the, it, everybody says, right? It was in Mile High Stadium. I I assume that's hyperbole. It's not actually a mile high. It is. It's in Denver. The oh, elevation is a mile high. It's Denver. a yeah, yeah. They didn't build a mile high structure. No. Um, but it's notorious for sports teams because the air is slightly thinner in Denver in at at these stadiums mm-hmm. than it is in other cities. Get a little bit of uh, altitude sickness while you play. Who doesn't want that? The a thousand feet? It seems like a lot. It's like a fifth of a mile. But I can I mean, see like think somebody about hitting a baseball. Yeah. And if it goes out to the outfielders, they're not they're probably just a couple hundred feet away. Right. So if it was just in, an insane hit, goes out of the park, hits some person's Honda Civic and goes right through their windshield. Parked in the parking lot. Um, yeah, I'll go with a thousand feet. That just sounds like um, that's a round number, <laughs> and it's even, and it's divisible by ten. So that's uh, those are my three reasons for using that number and not one hundred. Actually, no, a hundred would be the other option, and that's too. That's not enough. That's just not enough feet. Three hundred and eighty-seven slots. Final answer. Yes. Well, if you were there the day Joey Mayer hit that ball, you'd be thoroughly unimpressed because it was 582 feet or 177 meters. That Weak. makes it 225 sloths. Anyone can do that. All righty. Let's talk weight. 2.25 to 6.3 kilograms or 500 and, or <laughs> 5 to 13.9 pounds. 500 pound sloth probably existed at one point how many sloths go into the weight it would take to crush a lego brick huh i tried to do this for diamonds but it turns out the pounds per square inch that it needs needed to crush a diamond is not that much less than a sloth do so you're talking psi or weight i think i'm talking weight you think yeah, not PSI, not per square inch. Just how much weight could you stack on top of a single Lego brick before you crush it? Here's a hint. Here's why I'm pretty sure that that's what the metric is. This is a, uh, an apparently big debate on Reddit, and it's a relevant stat in the question, how tall can a Lego tower get? So in that situation, you're not really talking about pounds per square inch. You're not talking about hitting it with a hammer. That's not fair. What isn't fair? You can't, you can, I mean, with enough leg, like the Legos at the bottom, like this, this number, however, whatever it is, can, like, it can support a lot more than that. If you have a bunch of, if you lay a foundation, like one, if you have a, a building made of bricks, it can be a lot heavier than how much it takes to crush one brick. 
Yeah, this was tested by with a um, hydraulic press, not by stacking. But it's still a relevant question when you're considering like how big the tower can get for some reason. Also, I guess. Spe- but especially if they- it's a single brick width tower. Right. Yeah. Then then you're wor- <laughs> Then you have something to go on, and then you're you're a lot less. You're not really constrained by the how much weight the the brick can take and more how the structural integrity of a single brick well if a single brick can take a certain poundage of weight then you know at least that much weight could be in the tower as a whole yeah at least it gives you a ceiling it gives you a no it gives you a starting point or yeah Um, or floor yeah, it gives you a floor. It gives you foundation. Like the brick would be the foundation of your Lego tower. I'm going to say uh, 300 pounds. I'm just picturing a bunch of uh, weightlifting caddies stacked on top of each other. And just imagining... I'm, f- I'm just imagining the feel of how heavy that would be on a single brick. And then just a little red Lego brick at the bottom. Um, so yeah, three 300 pounds. Which is, would you say, thir- how many pounds is this sloth? 13.9 Monsieur? pounds. 21 and a half sloths. A ha- 21 and a half sloths. Final answer? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yes. The correct answer is 68 sloths. Stacked oh, on top boy. of each other, on top of a Lego brick. It Plastic can take is nine, great. 950 pounds. Or 432 kilograms. So it's as strong as Batman. <laughs> if you were a 300 pound individual and you said, nah, 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 this Lego will yield to my weight, it won't. It'll just stab into your foot. Yeah, it'll hurt even worse than if you were lighter. True. Like if you were Legolas uh, running across the top of some Legos. Listen, if you were if you were if you were Legolas, you wouldn't have any Legos. <laughs> You'd be Legolas. That's true. Would you like to hear some fast facts before we get to the major fact? Yes. Uh, just a fair warning, this is gonna get a little nasty. Because three toed sloths are from no, well, not because of this. <laughs> not not because of the first few <laughs> This facts. is gonna get really nasty, but three toed sloths are from this nasty country. <laughs> no. Uh like a lot of ton, like a ton of like really good baseball players, three toed sloths are from South and Central America. Unfortunately, three toed sloths would be terrible at baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can agree with that. Uh, they can be found in a t- bunch of different types of forests, not just the rainforest, but rainforests they like. Um, sloths are extremely slow. Their ground speed is around 1 MPM. That's miles per month. <laughs> and that that's real. But it takes them about a month to travel a mile. All I have to say about their fastness is that we'll learn more about their slowness later. <laughs> All I have to say about their fastness is that we'll learn more about their sm- slowness. Yeah. Uh, they're almost completely arboreal. Since their bodies are built for branches, they can move slightly faster when they're in trees. Uh, a great song by Anya, In Trees. Um, 
on the ground, they're completely vulnerable to predation. And they only ever come down to go to the bathroom. And here's where it gets gross. Uh, they don't poo very often, but when they do, they poo dos equis. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when they do, they climb down to the ground. That's Is that where dos equis comes from? <laughs> Ew. When they climb down to the down, uh, ground, they do a little doo-doo dance to create a hole or divot or dent in the ground. Ah, I see light bulbs turning on. In this dent, they make their deposits. Sloths relieve themselves in one fell poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... Uh, and it's that apparently must, must quite... It's it's apparently quite a sight to behold because it's like this quick single stroke of genius. Uh, then they make their way back up the tree as quickly as possible, as quickly as a sloth can be. Which is not that quick. No. Uh, sloths are personal energy conservation conscious. If you could say they're conscious of anything at all, that is. Um, they conserve as much energy as possible and live efficient lives. Because of that, we have no idea why they choose to spend so much energy pooping. Uh, when they're, when other arboreal mammals poop, they just poop in trees. They stand or hang from their from their branch and let loose. I have um, a potential answer for that. I do too, if it has to do with poop. Um, yes. Half of all sloths, sloth deaths happen... During this poo-poo process, but that that isn't, let me just make that clear. They don't die half the time they poop. Half of the time they die, it's when they're pooping. Right, and it's not because of the poop. No, it's because of predators taking advantage of an animal in a, in a vulnerable situation in multiple ways. Um, so enough about poop. Uh, because sloths have other interesting facts. Sloths live solitary lifestyles, but they also have friends with them. Sloth moths. There are a few species of moth that have adapted to exclusively live in the coarse fur of sloths. So these moths only leave when sloths, and we're back to it, poop. Um, <laughs> uh, sloth, sloth moths. Lay their eggs in sloth troughs. <laughs> <laughs> how, how crazy. Say that three times fast. Yeah. Three, three-toed sloths have a ton of moths on them. And their two-toed kin have a, ton, a lot less. So when uh, one was recorded with 120 moths living in this slow-moving apartment. How this barely-moving castle... <laughs> <laughs> that got me. <laughs> this uh, is the most boring Miyazaki movie ever. <laughs> although you would know it would look amazing, even if it doesn't have much of a plot. It's just a painting of of the castle. <laughs> uh, so one potential explanation for their trip down south to poop. Is that they, because they, these moths need 
to deposit eggs in the deposits of sloths. Uh, they they go down and make a little poo-poo palace for them. But that doesn't make any sense because sloths don't get anything out of that arrangement. Uh, I, I have a counter-argument to that statement. No, I have okay. a little bit of info on the moths. Well, that that's what that's what one of the criticisms of that theory is. But maybe, maybe they do get something out of it. Also, uh, lastly, uh, sloths have their signature claws, aka toes. Uh, their their curved claws that allow them to grip tree branches without having to do any actual finger grasping work like monkeys do. And it's just another way that sloths are super, super lazy and super duper energy con- conservationists. Uh, they can just hang like a like a hanger in the closet instead of having to grab something. Yeah, that's all I got. Their entire bodies are engineered for that. But it's time for the major fact, which I'm calling a rolling stone gathers no moss but a sleeping sloth does. Which sounds just like a, a long uh, episode title for some pithy show. Johanna said, bruh, I'm going to lose my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the text you just got? Yeah. <laughs> just imagining a sloth evacuating its bowels in one motion. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll, I'll mention something that makes it even worse. Um, so... Funny enough that we should do, we should have recently done one of the fastest animals on earth, the pronghorn, and now it's time to cover the exact opposite. Uh, the winner for world's slowest mammal. This is the slowest mammal. It's not the slowest animal by a long shot. But because some of them are sedentary. <laughs> yeah, because some animals don't move at all. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is the slowest mammal. The slow loris, as we've covered, taxonomy titan, is a sharp contender, but the three-toed sloth takes the cake. They can top out at a blistering 0.15 miles per hour, which is about two and a half football fields every hour. And that is if they're absolutely sending it through the trees. (laughs) But on the ground... They they can't they can't touch that speed. They move at eight feet per minute. So if Usain Bolt had a one hundred meter race with a three toed sloth on the ground, he would finish in nine point five seconds, while the sloth would take fifty minutes to cross the finish line. So Bolt could run the race, cool down, shower, watch two episodes of Friends, and then gently encourage the sloth for the last few feet of the race. <laughs> so. But believe it or not, they can actually swim. And they have a decent breaststroke, which I I guess is the only swimming motion I can imagine them doing. <laughs> Freestyle would be insane. Um, I imagine when they're in the water, it's a it's sheer panic. Like, <laughs> just the fastest they can go to stay up. Maybe they I, float really well. Their faces remain exactly the same, which is mildly bemused and smug. Um but they can move at 24 feet per minute, which is three times faster than their on-the-ground speed. I don't know if that's just because if they're in a river, the river's moving at 24 feet per minute. <clears throat> no, But no, they can, they can move relatively quickly 
compared to the rest of them, rest of their speeds in the water. Uh, In fact, they are so slow and they spend so much time completely motionless that algae and fungi often grow on their fur. So they'll look green instead of brown or gray or tan. Um, And that's just that's just algae growing on them. And the algae actually works to provide some much needed nutrition to the sloth, absorbing it through its skin. And the fungi actually ends up destroying parasites that would latch onto the sloth and cause diseases like malaria. Common diseases down there in the uh, in the Amazon basin. So it needs it actually needs these algae this algae and fungi kind of symbiotic relationship going on. Um, and then you mentioned the moths. So the mo- moths live in their fur. Um, and the sloths poop is a place for the moths to lay their eggs and the moths poop this is the this is the counter argument i had the moths poop fertilize the fungi the fungi feed on the the moths poop living in the fur and the fungi destroy the parasites that cause malaria i don't know if i don't know how easy that was to follow <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's just a poopy poop world really yeah, but like it's still like why would the sloth doesn't re- necessarily like need to help the moth. It doesn't do it, it on purpose. True. And it's it not couldn't. like the sole I don't reason think it does anything on purpose except for sleep and eat <laughs> and smile. Um actually it doesn't smile on purpose, it's just the shape of its jaw. Uh the so yeah, the algae uh grows naturally, but also the other reason why um it descends is because the it picks up the fungi from the fungi that are growing on the forest floor, the damp forest floor. So when it goes down, it encounters the spores of the fungi and the fungi start to grow and then they feed on the moth poop and then the moths lay eggs in the sloth poop. And the sloth, you said it, it poops, every, it relieves itself once, every, like every once in a while, but it's, it's once every week. So it's, like just it's pooping day like that's it's that's just wednesday for for this guy it needs a t-shirt it's pooping day that's <laughs> that must be like simultaneously the best and also scariest day of the week for this sloth because like finally i get to relieve myself but also i'm probably going to get eaten by a jaguar uh because by the end of this week feces and urine make up a full third of its body weight so this whole instant evacuation is a third of its body weight. It's like giving birth. Yeah, it would like... If it did it from the top of the tree, it might kill someone. <laughs> just just you know, a third of its body weight is 14 pounds. That's A third of its body weight is not 14 pounds. It is 14 pounds. And so a third of its body weight is like, what? Four, almost five pounds. This is five, five pound just glob... Of just nastiness comes falling out of the very tippy top of these trees, and um, and just is the it's chocolate rain, <laughs> <laughs> and some stay dry and others feel the pain. Oh, um. So, and 
their bodies are actually designed to not only be able to hang like this for a long time, but they can also to accommodate this extra weight that they have on a weekly basis. So their organs are attached to their their lower ribs rather than being free floating. Um, and so they don't move around as they when they when they hang or they, they're not displaced as they hang or as they uh, crawl around. So otherwise, if it was free floating, then the more stuff they had in their bodies, the more toxic excrement, um, the, the more difficult it would be for them to breathe because of how much space it takes up and it would move their organs around. The question is, why? Why do they move so slowly? Uh, and the reason is because, because of their diet. They pretty much only eat leaves at the very tops of these trees that they hang out in. Literally hang out in. But these a lot of these leaves are very, very low in nutrition, as leaves tend to be. And um, they have uh, a lot of them are toxic. It's an, uh, like a natural form of defense from these from these uh, jungle trees. So in order to eat these leaves and sustain themselves on it, um, like they have to have a digestive system that's similar to a cow or like the taxonomy titan, the Hudson bird. Uh, the, so they have a multi-chambered chambered stomach where they the leaves go through several stages of digestion in order to get as much energy and nutrition out of them as possible. Um, otherwise, they would be very hard to, if not impossible, to digest. Even animals that exclusively eat plants or grasses like, like bovines and stuff like that, they have to eat it into and swallow it into one chamber and then regurgitate it and chew it again and then swallow it again. It's leaves are just not, not great to have your only as your only source of food, unless you're just very, very specialized for it. And even then it's an, it's just extra work. <clears throat> but, uh, so because of that, it takes a full week for the sloth to digest its meal. And, for that reason, its metabolism is just about as slow as you can get and still still be uh, endothermic, technically. Really, it regulates its body temperature by, in the, by moving into the sun if it wants to get warmer and moving into the shade if it wants to get cooler. So it, it, it's partially ectothermic, which is not common for a mammal. Um, but the reason why it can't just maintain its body temperature is because it, its metabolism is just so low. Now, uh, contrast this with what was it the what was that super high jumping mouse we we covered? Oh, uh, the one that needs sure. to eat, eat like constantly because its metabolism is so high and it like can overheat. I don't remember. Yeah, I know so what you're talking about. It's opposite of that, and so yeah, this is the slowest. The a week long digestion for one meal is the slowest digestion period of any mammal. And that's why this is the slowest animal. And it also explains the weekly pooping schedule. So it just kind of goes to show you that slow metabolism and slowness of a movement are very related. Like the uh, Greenland shark. Yeah, because your metabolism is you turning is is turning the food you eat into energy. And so 
if it takes a long time to turn food into energy, then you need to not be using very much energy. And conversely, if it takes if it takes a very, very short time, then you need to be burning the energy pretty quickly. And so that's why animals that have higher metabolisms tend to move a lot faster. Or do they move faster because of the do they move faster because of the metabolism or is their metabolism adapted because of how fast they move? It's chicken and egg. Very true. But that's all I got on the sloth. Very interesting. They have no gallbladder. No gall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were going to mention that, actually. They have no gallbladder. No gallbladder. Or another thing called a cape season. Cason? Yeah. Uh, we we mentioned that, I think, in the Hudson episode. I remember it's a digestion it's like a digestion chamber it's a gastro it's a G-I C-A-E-C-U-M it's cecum I thought it was the opposite the soft and hard C's were switched in my mind we got Kasem Casey Kasem yeah that's all I got on the brown throated three toed slot the lazy animal control specialist. He only has three toads. <laughs> three toad slot. Got anything else? That's all I got. All right, that was the that was, oh essentially the sloth, but it was the three toad sloth. So, for you out there in podcasting, hang out, chill some of your moths, and make sure you poop at least once a week, like the three toad sloth here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores slash taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. <laughs> at least month. once a week bare minimum yeah at least should work they on getting no, that, that number up no incisors no canine teeth but that is to be expected if you only eat leaves yeah imagine a cow with canines he'd be like why do I have these these don't help me I need to all of my teeth need to be flat so I can crush up this grass that I need to spend all day forever eating in order to live.